One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Stephen Nichols, president of Reformation Bible College. At RBC, our academic philosophy is rooted in the timeless paths of wisdom and truth, engaging the classic texts of history, literature, and theology. We care about training mature, thoughtful, and articulate young Christian men and women, and we believe that a distinctly classical education lays the groundwork for our students to thrive in society for God's glory. We also emphasize spiritual discipleship and living in purposeful community to help our students serve effectively as Christian leaders. You can earn a two-year associate's or a four-year bachelor's degree in theology. We also offer a one-year certificate program. Apply today to invest in an affordable education that will serve you for a lifetime. Please visit us at reformationbiblecollege.org. Welcome to Dwell, a Cersei Institute podcast for homeschool moms by homeschool moms. I'm Emily Hill, and joining me are Karen Kern and Renee Mathis. Good morning, ladies. Hello. Good afternoon. I am, I know, always that time difference there. So we're continuing this conversation that we started about dwelling in the time and place that we are given. And last time we talked about how the very definition of dwell is a sense of abiding to inhabit a place for a time or to continue in something and to linger. And that last word, linger, is what I want to talk about today. We've all used the word dwell in this sense from time to time. We might say that we're going to dwell on a thought or an idea. So it has this connotation of holding on to something or slowing down. But almost without fail, if you ask someone how they are these days, 99.9% of the time, their answer is going to be, I'm busy. I'm so busy. How are you? Oh, busy. So maybe your life is like mine in that where slowing down and lingering are really hard fought because of busyness. Uh, for me, it's for kids and homeschooling, that fixer upper house, my garden or marriage, housekeeping and cooking, lots of school programs. So those things take up the waking hours of my day and I think some of my sleeping hours too. So let's have a conversation about this. What does it look like inside us, outside us to 
keep a quiet heart? What is the place for busyness? What does it look like to dwell in peace and safety even in the middle of all the crazy busyness that takes up our lives? So there's a question for you, Renee and Karen. What do you say when someone asks you, how are you? I probably am one that would say busy right off the bat. I would say the Lord is teaching me what it means to dwell. I like what you said. Um, how, how can I dwell and find that peace and the quietness in the midst of a lot of transitions? And I think we all have to face that at some point in our life or lots of different points in our life that um, transitions are going to hit. So, so what are the things that we hang on to to keep that sense of stability throughout the transitions? So I know for me, things like writing in my journal, keeping a daily list, spending time with the Lord in the morning before my day gets started, finding something to be thankful for, to praise God for, before I start asking Him for things, <laughs> is something that I tend to do. And I try to make that habit something that, it's not just a habit, it's something I love, but try to keep that consistent. And I know for me, that makes a big difference. I, w- I would agree. And I I think at this stage in my life, and I also would say, somebody said, how are you? How are you? I'm busy because of all of the uh, grandchildren and the adult children who are close to home or in home work, things with church, just all of the things. And I had it in my mind, I guess, when my kids were little that that these would be quieter years and they're not. There, it's a different kind of busy. And I have to remind myself that it's it's good to be busy. And it's okay. And that my longing for peace shouldn't be so great that I feel resentful for being busy at this stage in my life. Because Karen, I heard once that uh, grandmothers are either tired or lonely. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I don't want to be, I, I don't want to be lonely. So I guess I'm going to be tired and that, and I have to just say that's good and that's okay. But I, I, I agree with what you say about even still, even though I don't have little children in the home, um, I really do like to be up early before and be downstairs before anybody else, because then I, I just have that time of quiet, which was really hard to come by when the kids were all little and in the house. But I still have to, I still have to work at having that. Right. And it's been fun. You know, one of the neat adjustments for, for us, for Steve, for so long, he got up at, you know, 4.30, took the car, you know, drove to the park and ride, took, commuted into the city for work. And now that's not our, our situation anymore. And we get to actually have coffee in the morning and kind of plan our day together, or figure out who's doing what, you know, for me, sometimes that's, are we going to Lowe's again to buy more plumbing supplies or building supplies? <laughs> but, you know, the, it's, it's showing me that every stage, like you said, every stage has its gifts, right? You know, they have their stresses, but they also have good things as well. You being able to minister to your children and to serve them by helping out with the grandkids, you know, oh, I wish I was in your shoes. I wish I had you know, my <laughs> I know you do. Exactly, I don't, but that's good. That encourages me. So I guess it brings up the question of when is busy good? And when are you overly busy then? When does busyness take the place of the needful thing? I think of the story of Mary and Martha and how Jesus says, oh, Martha, you're worrying about the things that you shouldn't worry about, but Mary has chosen the needful thing. And so often I think we look at that story and we're like, oh, the needful thing is us just taking a break and we're resting and we're just sitting at the feet of Jesus, which sounds like really delightful. 
And I mean, what mother's heart wouldn't long for just sitting at the feet of Jesus? But I wonder, what is our definition of busyness or overly busy? Can you learn to linger and abide and continue on in that full schedule? I look at my schedule. It's just, it truly is a little bit insane from the second my eyes open till the second they close at night. So am I overly busy? How do I determine whether or not I'm overly busy? And how would you say at the seasons of life, when you look back on the season of life that maybe some of us are in with even like little biddies, wow, talk about a busy time in life that it is hard to find those quiet times. I mean, maybe you have babies who are waking up at 2 a.m. or 2 or 3 and 4 and 5 and 6 a.m., whatever it may be. When is busy too busy and how do you decide? I I think that too busy is too busy when you no longer have any of yourself left for the relationships and the duties that are most important in your life. So if you are so busy doing things outside of your home that you feel like you're just continually dropping the ball inside your home and with your own children and with your husband, then you're probably too busy. Because all, we all drop the ball sometimes, but sometimes we need to say at certain stages, we need to be able to say no to things. And that's the hard boundary. It is. I, I'm thankful for a husband that, you know, and I think that's one place we as women need to, to look more instead of, you know, maybe asking our girlfriends or, you know, looking for advice online. But, you know, the, the, the man that God has given us to lead us, um, they sometimes have that bigger picture perspective that we don't have. And so, you know, asking our husband, what do you see going on? What do you see me doing? Um, how do you think I'm doing and managing things? And, you know, getting his and, and respect that can be really helpful. Um, you know, I remember once Steve telling me when I was just in an insanely busy time of, you know, teaching a lot of classes and a lot of students, and it was good. It was good work. But he said, you know, you can't keep up this pace of grading papers till till midnight and, and not having any kind of life at home with the family because you're always busy grading papers. And I needed to hear that, and it was hard. So something had to change, right? So we worked on that. But Karen, I, I agree. If, if we can't, I like, I like the word you said, relationships. If we can't maintain and, and do what we need to do with those priority relationships, something probably has to change. Well, maybe that's that idea of the needful thing, that it isn't just hours of quiet or alone time or um, even self-care. And I want to talk about that. You know, what is self-care for the modern woman? That's, that's just a word that's thrown out there. And there's um, kind of an expectation of time alone or time away or whatever it is. And so I, I just I keep coming back to that idea of what is the needful thing? And that is, um, and St. Augustine even says that in his idea of ordering your loves. That's knowing, well, the needful thing today is, and it usually is relational. And I was thinking this the other day as my calendar is so full and I'm taking kids places and running programs and, you know, painting walls in my house. And um, one of my daughters wandered in and, I mean, I could tell she had something to say. And I thought, this is, this is the needful thing. And 
I was considering like how many of those opportunities I lose because I'm like, all right, everybody get in the car and or whatever it is. Um, and coming back to, you no, know, the needful thing is this person, this time, and this place. Um, and I love what you said, Renee, about the big picture. Um, actually, my husband's really great at that as well. And he has this understanding of all of those little micro decisions. How do they fit into a very big decision? And even in one of the Psalms, when it says, remind us that our life is short and that the span of our life is short. I just, I have to keep coming back again and again to that of, those 70 or 80 years, whether or not my kid is involved in, you know, whatever class or opportunity, in 70 or 80 years, what effect will that have on them? How have you seen that, Karen, as you've transitioned from babies and toddlers into teens? Of Has, has your idea of the needful thing changed? Yeah. It has to have changed because the years go by so fast. And, you know, you look, I look back to David's turning 34. So this is our birthday season. And for a little while here, my three oldest are going to be 31, 32, and 33. And I was thinking back to when they were newborn one and two and how how hard that was and how I thought I would never survive it. And, and yet every, those those years were so, so important. And when you're so busy in those early years, it's easy to be resentful of all that they're taking from you. They're taking, you know, little children take all you have physically and mentally and emotionally and spiritually. And it's like, they just use you all up. That's how it feels sometimes. And yet the years are so short and it really is looking back. It really is and was a great honor to pour yourself out for your children. So there's that busyness of pouring yourself out for these people who are soon going to be leaving your nest and yet also making time for a little bit of self-care like you were talking about. And I, you know, the years are so, so short that it's really good to pour yourself out. It's good to be tired, but it's also hard to be tired. So what's the difference then between self-sacrifice, that pouring yourself out, um, or you might say taking up your cross daily. What is the difference between that and busyness for the sake of doing all the things? That's hard. (laughs) I don't know that I have the answer to that, but maybe it comes down to our motivation. You know, is there something inside of us that says, I just have to be busy because, because I have a need to fill to take care of everybody because I cannot say no, because if I don't do it, nobody's going to do it. And that attitude, because that that's not good. You know, that can wear you down and wear you out. And, and some of that busyness, unfortunately, is, and I'm not, you know, speaking to any one person here, but just, just the idea that we create some of our own drama and our own busyness because we haven't yet learned how to grow up and, um, and and do the responsible thing, like organizing, setting boundaries, saying no, learning how to organize our time, learning how to organize our ourself and our life so that we can be productive and get things done. Um, you know, always running late because the prepare uh, creates more drama and more busyness and more things that I need to do. Whereas if I would just have taken the time to either get up a little earlier or set things out the night before, then... I wouldn't have that that sense of urgency or drama. So 
sometimes we, we just need to learn maybe some, some life skills, you know, oh, that um, serve us all well as managers of our homes. Um, so I would say that's one thing. You know, it's a good question to ask ourselves. Am I, am I busy? Am I running around like a chicken with my head cut off because it, it's of my own making? Or truly just sometimes life throws things at us. You know, appliances break and kids get sick and, and family members need help and a church member needs a meal. And, and so sometimes we are in that, you know, kind of little compressed time of, ah, everything's going crazy. But needful thing is a good word, Emily. I think we have to come back to, am I putting the Lord first? Am I abiding in Christ? Because that's where my refreshment comes from. I love the, the pouring yourself out, Karen, because one of the things that I love to give my um, Cersei apprentices at the end of our first week together is I give them all a little ceramic pitcher, and it's called a Rebecca pitcher. And, and the idea that when Isaac's servant went to meet her and she watered his camels, and um, but the idea that we are going to pour ourselves out for others, but what, what replenishes that pitcher is the living water from Christ. And he's the one that refreshes us and gives us that, that energy and that strength to go on from day to day. Um, if we're not abiding in him, we are going to get used up and emptied very quickly. So that, that has to be a priority. There is um, an old prayer that I, we pray every day. And, I, and along with that, I was looking through Elizabeth Elliott's book. Uh, this morning, keep a quiet heart. I don't know if you have that, but when I was a young mom, I listened to her, Elizabeth Elliot, for 15 minutes every morning, or I think every day at noon she was on. And that was one of my lifelines um, when I was a young mother. So I was flipping through her book this morning and I saw where she quotes this prayer and she says, I was reminded of part of a prayer I've been using lately. And the line is teach me to treat all that comes to me with peace of soul and firm conviction that your will governs all. And, and as I read that book, which I have had since the nineties, there was that line of a prayer that I pray every day now. And, and it just really does, this prayer really does help. Um, talks about greeting the coming of the day in peace and teach me to treat all that comes to me throughout the day with peace of soul and firm conviction that your will governs all. Teach me to act firmly and wisely without embittering, embarrassing others. This is such a great prayer for mothers because, you know, every day something, there's a crisis every day of some kind. And if we can just center ourselves, you know, like you were talking, Renee, about abiding, we can, we can meet these things with peace or we can meet them with our own strength. And depending on our temperament, that might not be a good meeting. But Emily, to encourage you, I mean, the fact that you're homeschooling and your kids are around you and they're learning from you what it looks like to be busy in a good way, but also you're just, you're with them. So when you say everybody get in the car, those are great times. Mm. You know, I miss those times, but you know, you're, you're in the car together. You can talk to each other or listen to a story together or, or, but you're just together. You know, when they start driving themselves everywhere, I miss that. Yeah. These years are short. Well, and this idea of leaning in to the work that you've been given. Actually, my husband just reminded me of that this week. I was like, I have this and I have this and I don't, how is this going to all work out? And just, being kind to yourself in this, being gentle with yourself to say, I have been given the strength to accomplish the work that I've been given. And what a beautiful thing to think 
the work I have been given is a worthy and holy work for, you know, for all you homeschool moms, like what a, like a holy and worthy work to be given um, a responsibility of the care of the minds and bodies and souls of the next generation. Like, I, it just like amazes me every week that I'm gifted with this, but it's hard. It's a hard work. And just leaning into that and saying, I will have courage. And there's, um, there's that quote by C.S. Lewis that says, um, courage is not simply one of the virtues. It's the form of all of the virtues at the testing point. So we do, we wake up to the testing point. And knowing that we are given courage for this, but Karen, I actually pray that prayer every day too. So we weren't even talking about that together. <laughs> but that was my, my thought coming into our conversation is you hear all of these conversations about filling yourself and nourishing yourself and self-care. And what does that look like? Is it like a weekly massage or it is, is it like a girl's weekend away or just yeah, getting away or whatever it is? And I thought it was so insightful for you to say, it is, it's learning to pray. I mean, learning to pray is the only way to truly have a quiet and stilled heart. And I'll share a short story about that and about the mercy of God to me in the last couple of months. I don't know if any of one else in their thirties, forties, fifties, just like you stop sleeping somehow. And <laughs> you know, when you're in your twenties, you sleep like a log and then you have all of these babies and life happens. And then I just, I've been waking up at you know, 3 a.m. for months and months now. And I just keep thinking, wow, I can't do this anymore. I just, I need more sleep. Um, there's so much that happens in the day that I need rest for. But then at the same time, it has been my um, constant prayer during, during this last season that I would learn how to pray, knowing that this is, this is how I will acquire a sense of dwelling and abiding and rest is through prayer. And so, you know, I'll get up early and I have a short, quiet time, but then the kids are up and then it's time for breakfast and it's time to start school or whatever. And the other day I was just, I was praying, Lord, teach me to pray and give me a time when I'm not so busy to do this. And he's like, I have 3 a.m. You know what? Nobody is awake. It's dark out. It's quiet, which are all of the things necessary for a quiet time of prayer. So that just, it really like revolutionized the way I saw some of the, maybe it's that prayer that you were praying, Karen, like teach me to treat all that comes to me throughout the day with peace of soul and the firm conviction that your will governs all. It just doesn't always look like we want it to look like. What I'd really like is to, you know, sleep eight hours a night. But in this season of busyness, and I think this is true for every season, um, Renee, I think of you living with your family now. I think there's times that would my life be less busy or quieter if I had my own house and my own place and space? Maybe, but the things that come to us throughout the day in our life, having our eyes open to this is the goodness of God for my own heart. And that really, wow, it's a, such a shaping thing to know that maybe I wouldn't have chosen that, but I'll give thanks for it. Yeah, I think that unfortunately in our culture, you know, you mentioned that idea of self-care, not one of my favorite phrases, just because I think the minute we start grasping and trying to fix ourselves, we just have to be careful not to put ourselves 
as the wrong priority. And also God has given us, he's given us rest. He's commanded us rest one day out of seven. Um, are we doing what he's commanded us to do anyway? You know, are we taking advantage of the rest that he offers? That's the first thing I would ask somebody. And then when you learn to greet the day, like you said, um, resting in his will for what happens, that can take a huge burden off of ourselves. So I think, you know, he knows our needs. He knows the hairs on our head. He knows what we, um, you know, I think we can, we can trust him to fill those needs. Maybe not in a way that um, we're expecting like you with your, your 3 a.m. quiet times, but he's provided for you in an unexpected way. So I think we need to sometimes get ourselves out of the way and, and trust God to meet those needs for us like he's promised to do. And sometimes we just need to turn the TV off and, and go outside and you know, enjoy the world he's given us too. We have to, we have to make some good choices too. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because that was one of the things that I was thinking of how the beauty of nature is very um, soul healing and reminding mm -hmm. of what matters. There's just something about going on a hike or a walk around your neighborhood. Maybe it's only for five minutes, 10 minutes, something like that. It's like you can just take a deep breath and you're like, oh, these are the needful things. This is what matters. So I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned just getting outside in that. I'm really big these days on poetry. So <laughs> sometimes we need to incorporate some beauty into our lives, um, especially when the world seems really chaotic. So just sitting down and reading something that nourishes your soul, even if you're a busy mom and all you can get in is, you know, two stanzas of something, just something beautiful. We need that. I mean, God has, I think has created us to appreciate and to, to thrive on beauty. Um, and we, we sometimes, it is very draining and it feels like we're just working a lot to, to provide for our own families. And, but that is one way I think we can enjoy the works of other people and, and, and just read that poem. Karen, if you just had to share one more, I don't know, word or thought of this is how you have either embraced the busyness or find time for quiet. What has that been for you? I would say that what I'm having to remind myself now is that it's it's good thing to be busy. It's a good thing to have good work. And at the end of the day, um, in fact, I got I, I crawled in bed recently one night and I said, I said to Andrew, I I know now why dying is referred to as um, eternal rest, because I, I would really like to have some eternal rest. Like I just felt so, so it was one of those days where I had the kids like all day and then I had other things to do. And it's like you just feel so tired. And yet that really is a. It, it really is a blessing to be busy and it's a blessing to be tired at the end of the day because it means you have good work to do. The gift of good work. There was, there was one season that was, it was probably one of like my craziest seasons. Um, my husband was running for office, so he was off campaigning and gone all the time. And I had four kids, five and under, and it was just, there was so much going on. And I got a note in the mail from my mother-in-law and I, I opened this note and in it um, was the entire psalm written out, but this line that says, my help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. It just, what a reset um, for my own heart to mm -hmm. think, I, how often do we feel like, I don't have help. We have help. We have help from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So that's a reminder. Thank you ladies just yeah. for 
just the reminders that you've offered us as far as it's a good thing to be busy. It's good to have a good work, but also to say, what is my motivation for this? And also who is, who is my helper in all of this? So next time we'll just continue our conversation of dwelling and home and what it looks like to live as a homeschool mama with a worthy work in this time and place. So here's to home. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.